0: Hello and welcome to Cumber Baptist Church Podcast. The following is taken from our morning service, Sunday 28th July, 2019. This morning we are joined by Pastor Clifford Morrison, who takes his reading from Psalm 23 and brings us a message entitled, Feel Good About God. Psalm 23, please. Psalm 23. This morning, I want to speak to you about how to feel good Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, grant to us now the gracious help of the Holy Spirit. We pray that you will teach us what we do not know, that you'll give us what we do not have. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. It has been said by many preachers and commentators that in Psalm 23 we find the heartbeat Of God's Word. The heartbeat of God's Word. And today our emphasis is on verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over or my cup overflows. We're often reminded that God has a plan and purpose for our lives. But so too has the devil. A plan that undermines and undervalues everything that God would seek to do for us. And I believe that the devil wants us to think negatively about God. He wants you, when you think about God, not to have good feelings, but to have negative feelings. Because if he can get you thinking negatively about God, he can do almost anything with you. Why do I say that? Well, go back to the Garden of Eden. When the serpent came to Eve and appeared subtly to engage in his deceitful strategy. And he asked Eve a question, hath God said? Did God really say that? That you should not eat of the fruit of the, every tree of the garden? And we know our Bibles well enough to know that God did not say such a thing at all. God did not say of every tree of the garden thou shalt not eat. God said the very opposite of the fruit of every tree you may eat freely with the exception of just one tree. And what Satan was seeking to do was to get Eve to think negatively about God. And he still engages in such evil tactics today. There are many people who look on God as some sort of cosmic killjoy who goes around looking for folk who are having a good time and then he moves in to break up the party and people just think negatively about God and when they think about serving God they think of it as someone or, or something they have to do rather than something that they want to do. Satan suggests that God's service is a drudgery when all the time God says it is a delight it's the outcome of bad feelings about God and the devil is in the business of distorting everything that is good about God if I were to speak to you in the privacy of your own home this morning and ask you the question tell me how do you feel about God do you feel good about God listen to our text this morning you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And I would suggest that there's much in this verse to make us feel good about God. We need to consider the background to these verses and to this statement this morning. We have, surely here, a prepared table. You prepare a table before me. That means God sets the table. Here's a question. Who sets the table in your house? Well, you say it all depends. It depends on what? Well, it depends on who is coming. If no one is coming, then yours truly, the husband, is asked to set the table. And we never get it right. On which side the silverware goes? We put the fork where the spoon should go. We put the dessert spoon where the soup spoon should go. And we get it all mixed up. And we never seem to be able to get it right. I am left-handed in my eating, and I expect everybody that sits at my table to be left-handed if I'm setting the table. But when someone special is coming, husbands are demoted. No longer is it the placemats, it's the linen tablecloth, no longer the glass, we get the crystal, the best china, and maybe a little floral arrangement just to finish it off. Everything is just right, all matching, all sitting to perfection. And then when the guest comes and says, I hope you haven't gone to any bother, no, no, we're delighted to have you here. Such hypocrisy. You heard the story about the little girl who wanted to say grace when the pastor came. And uh, everything was ready. The pastor was seated. And the little girl says, Mommy, can I say grace? She says, yes, you say prayers. Well, she says, what will I say? She says, just say what Mommy says. So she closed her eyes and says, Oh, Lord, why did I ever ask this man for dinner? <laughs> Do you know why you prepare the table that way? You prepare the table that way to honor the person who is coming. And David is saying, God has put on an apron. Jehovah has prepared a table for me. Think of it. The Lord of glory prepared a table for me. He loves me. He welcomes me. I am special to him. I love that little song we sing in the company of boys and girls. I am special because God loves me. We have a prepared table. Secondly, we have the anointing. With the oil, you anoint my head with oil. In the Middle Eastern homes, there would have been a cruise of oil by the door, very expensive ointment, perfume, and it would be there for very special occasions. And when a member of the family who had been away was coming home, or an important guest, someone you wanted to see, the guest would come and the host would reach into that bowl of ointment and put it on the face or the head of that guest, and it would uh, perfume and refresh them. It would anoint the head of that guest and during the rest of the feast that guest would have the refreshing aroma about them. If the lady from next door came over to borrow an egg or some flour, they didn't anoint her head. It was a special gesture of great significance. Remember the story of Mary who took the alabaster box of ointment, very expensive, to anoint the feet of Jesus. And there was a man there named Simon and he along with the others were complaining. Jesus replied, Simon, You didn't do this when I came into your house. You didn't show me this reverence and respect. But this woman has not only anointed my head, but my feet with this ointment. And this perfume and this anointing was to refresh and just to make me feel that I was special to her. A prepared table, the anointing of the head, and the overflowing cup, my cup, Overflows. The background to this is equally significant. In Bible times they didn't have the hotels and motels, the restaurants as we have today. There were a few inns, the most of which were dirty and, and crowded, like the one at our Lord's birth where there was no room for him. And many times these places were known for gross immorality. But there was a law in the land, and it was the law of Hospitality. And if you were traveling and you came to a man's house in the middle of the day and you asked for food, it would be absolutely unthinkable that he would let you go without first feeding you. It was just simply the law of the land that a stranger would be invited in and given a meal. Now suppose that stranger came at evening time and you gave him a meal and suppose you had done your duty, you had been respectful, you had been nice, you had fed him and it was time for him to go. And suppose your heart was drawn to him and you struck up a friendship, you would want him to stay. Here's the way they would do it. The host would take his cup at the end of the meal and take the pitcher. And if it was time for this man to go, he would fill the cup And the message was, it was time for you to go. But if the host would come and that picture, uh, if the host would come and take the picture and pour the contents of the picture into the cup and let it overflow, run over, he was saying, You're special and I would like you to be my special guest. See the picture that David has painted here? Jehovah has prepared a table for us. We're special to him. Jehovah has anointed my head with oil. He loves me. Jehovah pours himself into my cup. It overflows. He is my friend. And of course, who is our Jehovah? He is the Lord. Jesus, the good shepherd. Remember what he said in John 15? I don't call you servants. I call you my friend. I found a friend. Oh, such a friend. He loved me ere I knew him. He drew me with the cords of love, and thus he bound me to him. What a friend. What is a friend? A friend is someone who knows all about you and loves you just the same. A friend is someone who goes on liking you no matter how successful either one of you becomes. A friend is someone who believes in you when you have ceased to believe in yourself. A friend is a source of celebration when you've come to believe that there's nothing to celebrate. A friend is someone who comes to your side when you call or even answers before you call. And of course, the Lord Jesus fits into these definitions of a friend. Psalm 23 and verse 5 is telling us again this morning that in the Lord Jesus we have a friend. You've sung it often. Maybe you've quoted it in your prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. The old hymn says, I found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He prepares a table. He anoints my head with oil. My cup is overflowing. Don't ever allow the devil to get you thinking negatively about the Lord. And as we think of a prepared table this morning, I want us to think about the fullness that we have in Christ. That is, in Jesus Christ, we have one who meets the deepest needs and satisfies the hungering longings of our heart. He satisfies the deepest longings of the soul. When you read the Bible, you discover there are many feasts recorded in the Scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. And think of the many meals that our Lord prepared, meals for those around him. Maybe your mind goes to the feeding of the five thousand. He performed a miracle with five loaves and two fishes. That day he prepared a table of replenishment. There were those who thought they were totally inadequate and in themselves They were, but not in Christ. And he's done that so often for his own when they run out of resources and feed very much their own insufficiency. The Lord prepares a table when we need it and don't deserve it, and we just can't explain it apart from him. No one could ever explain the feeding of the 5,000 apart from the Lord. And here's the challenge this morning. What is there in our lives That cannot be explained apart from God. Do you not realize that the unexplainable is the most effective witness. To that ungodly friend and godless neighbor. To that workmate that needs Christ. I have a dear Christian friend. Who was addicted to alcohol. And when he got converted. Almost 20 years ago. One of his mates come round uh, to invite him again and to call from his usual to the club. And he said, no, I'm not going there any longer. I'm a different man. he says, Gibson, you'll hardly stick it. You're a boozing man. I'll give you three weeks. His friend drunk himself to death. And my friend sitting this morning in one of the Baptist churches of our association, rejoicing in sins forgiven, and remembering the Lord at his table, and you can only explain that because of the supernatural what is there in your life and my life that conveys the supernatural power of God to a godless world around us there's a table of replenishment, but there's a table of restoration. you remember when Peter swore and denied the Lord three times and Jesus was crucified and and and, and raised from the dead and the disciples were discouraged and they were not sure, half believing and half doubting. And Peter says, I'm going fishing. The other says, we're going with you. They were disconsolate, they were disobedient, they were discouraged, they were fished all night and they caught nothing. And They said, cast your net on the other side. You remember they caught all the fishes and the net broke. And there was the Lord, and Peter jumped into the water to make his way to Jesus. And when we got there, what had the Lord done? He had prepared a table of fish and bread. The fish, maybe from Galilee, the bread. Well, I like to think he turned the stones into bread, saying to the devil, I'll turn the stones into bread when I want, not when you tell me. Here were hungry men in need, in need of food. And Jesus, the Christ of every Christ, says, come and die. He provides a table of replenishment. He provides a table of restoration. He provides a table for remembrance. He sat at a table and he took bread and wine, and he said, "This do in remembrance of me." What a privilege it is ours to sit at this table, Lord's day after Lord's day, eat of the bread and drink of the cup, and to be reminded He has prepared a table for me. But the best of all is to come. Jesus said, I am not going to drink this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom. Where's that going to be? It's going to be in the marriage supper of the Lamb. There is yet a feast we're going to attend. Our Lord, who's preparing a place, is also preparing a feast. And one of these days we're going to sit down at his table at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So don't think negatively about God. And the Bible describes our salvation. It doesn't describe our salvation as a funeral, it describes our salvation as a feast. I'm feasting on the living bread. I'm drinking at the fountainhead. And I never thirst again. Thou prepares the table before me. There's fullness in Christ. You anoint my head with oil, there's freshness in Christ. What was the anointed for? To refresh. To refresh. The psalmist in Psalm 92 says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. The psalmist says in Psalm 45, You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. Fresh oil, the oil of gladness. What is that telling me? It's telling me that there ought to be a sweet aroma, a sense of gladness in serving the Lord. Someone said of her friend, I feel very sad for her because she's a Christian. But the opposite should be true. And the attitude of our hearts and the language of our souls this morning, and I trust it it should be something like this, it's great to be saved. It's great to know the Lord. It's a wonderful privilege to be gathered with God's people in God's house to have the health and strength and the soundness of mind to assemble in the manner in which we're assembling. And it's a privilege to serve him. There's joy in serving the Lord. His mercies are new every morning. Every day he wants to anoint you and me with fresh oil. Let us thank God this morning. For the table that he prepares for us and the fullness we have in him. Let's thank God that there's not only fullness in Christ, but there's freshness in Christ. For he anoints our head with oil. That beauty, that fragrance, that reality of the Lord Jesus filling our hearts and souls and minds. Don't ever allow the devil to get you to think negatively about God. And then lastly, not only the fullness in Christ because of the table he prepares, and the freshness in Christ because of his anointing with oil, but think of the freeness in Christ. My cup overflows. My cup overflows. You see, when he gives, he gives so freely, so lavishly, so wondrously. God is a God of the open hand and the open heart, and how freely God gives. God is not stingy. He doesn't hold back. He says, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Not only does he add years to our life, but he adds life to our years, says one commentator. Think about the abundance that we have in Christ. When he turned the water into wine, there was an abundant supply. After Jesus had fed the 5,000, th- five there were of baskets full left over. Our cup runs over. He speaks of peace, but a peace that passes all understanding. He speaks of joy, a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. When the prodigal came, from the far country, the father said, kill the fatted calf, not just a chicken, not just a calf, but a fatted calf, the very best. Bring forth the best robe. Put it on him. You know, God never takes the attitude, anything will do. God never takes the attitude to his house or to his work, it'll do rightly. It's a phrase that never graces the lips of Christ. Whatever You do do it with all your heart. And out of his infinite fullness, he keeps on giving and giving and giving. Have you ever thought about God in that way? Have you ever thought about God as the giving God? As the God who's lavished his grace upon him? Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed. The Father has lavished upon us. He keeps pouring his grace day after day. He keeps pouring his love and his mercy and his goodness into my heart. Our cup is overflowing. God does not measure his blessings the way we measure blessings. He gives freely and we have received freely. Someone has said it's not a bigger cup we need, but a cup that is running over in blessing to others. You see, If a cup is full of a particular type of liquid and you bump into someone, what spills out of the cup? Whatever's in the cup. And if Christ is filling my life and my life is full of Christ, whatever bumps into me, Christ will flow out of my life. Oh, what a God. What blessings we have this morning in our Lord Jesus Christ. We have fullness in Christ. He prepares a table. You know, there's a lovely verse in the book of Deuteronomy that says, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? The answer is, Yes, He can. We have fullness in Christ. We have freshness in Christ. He anoints our head with oil. He wants the Spirit of God to fill our every be- every part of our being so that Christ may be seen and heard in everything that I do and in everything I say. And we have a freeness in Christ. Our cup runs over. Don't let the devil mislead you in thinking negatively about God but be reminded this morning of this God this God whose goodness fails us never this God who prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies this God who anoints our head with oil and this God who fills us to such a degree that our cup can overflow We thank God for his word and pray that he will write it in all our hearts for his name's sake. Let's sing a hymn.